Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and best practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and we have a very interesting topic for all of you today. So let me get started. While many organizations recognize the need to transform finance, aha, we're talking about finance today, and I have a capital F on finance in my notes, getting started can be daunting. Digital enterprise transformation with ERP software? It can be lengthy, expensive, and painful. You may know that already. Meanwhile, the expectation for results keep growing as other business functions wait eagerly for finance to take the lead on transformation. We've known this for a long time. Would finance please step up and lead and be a steward of the business, not just doing the spreadsheets and keeping track of looking back at results? Now, today we're going to talk about how you can discover You can leverage machine learning and the cloud to fast forward finance transformation through what we call a kinetic finance startup approach designed to deliver rapidly built to evolve capabilities with the SAP central finance component of SAP S4HANA. We have a panel of finance transformation specialists, and they're going to share leading practices and insights that can help you and your organization transform finance, get ready for this, in as little as six months. That's fast, allowing you to reduce effort, improve data accuracy, simplify finance, unlock new insights, and realize value sooner. My specialists today on the panel are John Grosshands, head of worldwide go-to-market for SAP on AWS at Amazon Web Services. Welcome to John. Eric Bramley, managing director with Deloitte Consulting, who leads Deloitte's kinetic finance startup asset, and Hernan Krim Kiewicz, Managing Director with Deloitte Consulting, who leads the SAP Co-Innovation. Gentlemen, welcome so much. Let's go around the table. I'm going to ask you each to introduce yourself. Please take about two, three minutes and not only tell us what you do, but what is your passion for the topic, a little bit about your overview, just a quick look, an elevator pitch, if you will, a speech on what does this topic mean to you? John Grosshands, you're up first. Welcome, John. Tell us who you are. Thank you, Bonnie. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for that warm introduction. And first of all, as Bonnie noted, I'm responsible for SAP on AWS worldwide at Amazon Web Services. And and our mission here is to really work backwards from our customers and enable them to transform their businesses by helping them with their SAP transformations and moving to the cloud. And we've had an exciting journey to this point working with customers in all industries and of all different sizes and it's really an amazing time right now uh, to work with customers and help them think through how they're going to not only transform financially but thinking about how they're going to transform their business models and it's been a privilege to do that at AWS. Hard to believe I've been at this for over 25 years now and have had the opportunity to work across a, a number of different categories like applications, big data, database, analytics, and more. And I've had the opportunity to spend a little over six years at SAP. I had a handful of different leadership roles. I'll just note a couple. I had the opportunity to be the chief operating officer of the West region within North America and also looked across utilities and retail in that time and was the national vice president of supply chain management and procurement for North America. 
uh, very exciting roles and always exciting times at SAP. I mean, one of the things I'll just note about SAP is that if you look at some of their most recent statistics, you know, they talk about how today 92% of the Forbes Global 2000 run SAP and 77% of the world's transaction revenue runs through an SAP system. So certainly relevant to a, a broad cross-section of listeners, I'm sure, today, and it touches so many different systems within our customers like I say, across the broad footprint, it's really fantastic so, to think about. Very passionate about the topic. I think it's um, you know, really relevant today, especially as we think about how to make our businesses more flexible. How do we scale up and scale down in unpredictable times? How do we get the best financial you know, visibility possible across our companies and our organizations to ensure we're making the right decisions at the right time to drive the business forward? And so it's a really exciting topic. And you know, I've been a part of this, like I say, my entire career. And I think it's just getting to a point now where it's really going to be the next major wave of transformation in the industry. So thank you, Bonnie, for having me. Thank you, John. Delighted. Thank you for your background and, and very interesting. Yes, it is important. Finance is supposed to be driving, not just looking in the rearview mirror. And we're going to talk about that today. Let's move around the table. One seat to Eric Bramley at Deloitte. Eric, please introduce yourself and, and an overview of what's your take on this topic. Does finance Is finance going to be surprised by what they hear from all of you today? Eric, go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. And it's great to be here. Uh, hi, I'm Eric Bramley. I'm a managing director with Deloitte Consulting in our SAP practice. Uh, I focus on helping organizations transform their finance function using SAP. Um, I lead Deloitte's central finance uh, SAP capability, and I've also led Deloitte's new kinetic finance startup approach, which we'll talk about more today, which helps companies achieve rapid finance transformation using digital automation and SAP central finance. I've been with Deloitte since 2004, and I, during that time, I've helped numerous companies uh, have multiple ERP systems achieve a single finance platform for finance efficiencies with SAP. And as central finance lead for Deloitte, I've actually been working really closely with SAP on central finance since its inception. So about five years ago, when, when SAP first developed their central finance solution, uh, focused on finance reporting, I recognized that there was a lot of value that such a solution would have for shared services. And so I worked really closely with SAP to define a value case for central finance as a central payment and transactional solution. And, and since then, I, I continue to work regularly with SAP in the marketplace on central finance, um, co-presenting and, and helping clients achieve that value with central finance. So my, my passion for today's topic is that I've lived through so many lengthy finance transformation efforts that I know how difficult transformation can be. And, and technology's come a long way in automating um, and, and providing efficiency for, for finance functions. And I've spent my entire career helping companies build that new technology to achieve automation and efficiency with finance. But the process of getting there has been difficult. So focusing the lens on, on how that technology can change the work that I do, uh, changing the way that we achieve transformation with greater automation and efficiency has actually been really refreshing. Using machine learning, robotics, and digital automation to implement transformation with SAP faster and more efficiently and with less risk is really exciting because it means that more companies can achieve more without it being such a daunting process. 
Thank you very much, Eric. I um, appreciate all of your insights. Thank you. Looking forward to learning a lot more from you. And let's move to our third seat around the virtual roundtable. And it's Hernan Krimkia, which I'm going to spell your last name, Hernan, because people might want to find you on social media. And from my pronunciation, which I'm told is very good, they'll never find you. So let me spell that. His last name is K-R-Y-M. That's the Krim part. K-I-E, that's Kia, and the last four letters are W-I-E-Z, Krim Kiewicz. Hernan, welcome. Thank you for allowing me to pronounce your name. And we'd love to know who you are, what your role is, and what's your take on where is finance today and how bad is the picture? Go ahead, Hernan. Hey, thank you, Bonnie, for having me. Uh, my name is Hernan Krimkiewicz, and actually, Bonnie, you did it pretty well, uh, much better than, than many people the first time. So uh, thank you again for that one. So um, similar to Eric, Managing Director in our SAP practice, I do work with uh, the industry, our clients, on um, finance transformation programs, uh, enabling their finance function, uh, making it even uh, better and be able to use all the technology that is available today in the market. Uh, I've been with Deloitte for like 20 years, uh, pretty much. Uh, my entire career with Deloitte, um, done uh, a lot of implementations on different, actually working all different continents by now um, with Deloitte. Uh, so pretty passionate about um, that journey. Uh, got, got me to to get to know people across the world and different, different places with different cultures. So pretty it's been pretty excited for me. Um, in addition to that, I lead the co-innovation um, trade with Deloitte and SAP, which is basically how are we going to do things differently and how are we helping our, um, how are we helping the clients to do something different to achieve the transformation even faster than before. Um, so that's what I'm focusing on. Um, my passion about the topic that we are discussing today, right, is um, like Eric been working with several finance transformation programs, which been like very long, very tedious, and seeing the frustration on clients and come up with the idea on how can we make this simple for everybody? How can companies achieve this transformation faster? Because now we have technology that we didn't have available 10 years ago. So bringing all that together how we make something that organizations can move faster and actually start basically leading leading the, the digital transformation for their organizations. Thank you, Hernan. Pleasure to meet you. And thank you again for saying I pronounced your name right. I, I meet with people. I have people from all over the world, all different types of spellings, and uh, it's always an interesting challenge. So thank you so much. Now as a part of the show. We're going to make this a really quick segue from their introductions. Before we get to the roundtable, which we really want to do, I've asked each of my panelists to please send me a quote from a book, a movie, a song, something interesting that on its surface has absolutely nothing to do with the topic. And we're going to hear the get creative, philosophical, poetic a little bit about how the quote relates to the topic. So John Grosshands is up first. John sent us a quote from Jeff Bezos, Jeffrey Preston Bezos, young man born in 64, American internet entrepreneur, industrialist, media proprietor, investor, founder, CEO, and president of the multinational tech company, Amazon. And he is richer than anyone else on the planet, according to Forbes two years ago. It just, that's just the way. We don't have to give numbers. He's just the richest man on the planet and probably any of anybody who ever was on the planet, he's richer. So here's the quote John has selected. One of the only ways to get out of a tight box 
is to invent your way out. John, please take about, oh, two minutes max. Tell us how, why you picked this quote and what does it have to do with our topic today, transformation for finance. Go ahead, John. Well, thank you, Bonnie. And I found this quote to be you know, one that I thought was relevant to, to today's topic. And it's one that I think touches on a number of the leadership principles that we think about every day at, at Amazon and at Amazon Web Services. And you know, a quick moment on Jeff. Uh, he has been a, obviously incredibly successful and have become a world-known entrepreneur across a whole litany of different businesses. And, you know, one of the things that's really interesting that he does each year is he writes the annual shareholder letter, uh, which has become now, I think, a much anticipated read uh, by many. Uh, And he always shares out a highly transparent view of how he sees not only the company, but probably more importantly, how he sees trends in, in all types of industries and areas of innovation. And so I thought he would be a, a great author to pick uh, a quote from. And, you know, as I think about this quote, it brings me to a leadership principle, invent and simplify, uh, again, that we reference frequently uh, when we try to solve hard problems every day at AWS. And, and basically what it talks about is that leaders need to require themselves to invent and innovate on a regular basis and find ways to simplify things to solve hard problems. And they need to seek to build you know, ways forward for their teams and their businesses. And they, to do that, they've got to be externally aware. They've got to know what's happening around them. And they need to seek to take in new ideas from any source that could be relevant and not limit themselves to what's readily in front of them and what they're hearing directly, perhaps internally. They need to seek a broader perspective. And as they do that, they need to be in a position where they're comfortable perhaps being misunderstood. You know, you may find yourself in a mode of invention and innovation where some folks may just not understand the approach that you're trying to describe or the thoughts that you're having about how to solve that problem. And I think you need to find comfort in that. And that sometimes, you know, by, in, in essence, unlearning things that you've already learned or by disproving maybe a belief you already have is going to be important in the process of seeking innovation in a way forward. So I uh, hope you enjoy the quote. I did. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great quote. I had not heard that one from Jeff Bezos. Now let's go to Eric. Eric has picked a quote going way back in time. Benjamin Franklin. He has so many letters after his name. I don't even know what they mean. FRS, FRSA, FRSE. I think they just went through the alphabet. 1706 to 1790. An amazingly talented man from another era in time. American polymath, one of the founding fathers of the U.S. He was a leading writer, printer, political philosopher, politician, Freemason, postmaster, scientist, inventor, humorist, civic activist, statesman, and diplomat. Oh my. They had very, very descriptive bios in those days. You don't get that anymore today. Here's the quote that Eric has selected from the great lore of Benjamin Franklin. Tell me and I forget. Teach me and I remember. Involve me and I learn. Eric, beautiful quote. Tell us more. Well, I'm not much of a quote person, Bonnie, um, but this, this quote stood out to me because what I've seen as the trend in digital transformation and what I think is the future direction of the way that we implement SAP. You know, I, I think back to the start of my career and how we were helping companies transform their finance function with SAP back then. And un, under the waterfall methodology, we used to spend an enormous amount of time with blueprint phases where we'd have design workshop after design workshop that would consist of PowerPoint content and whiteboard sessions. Uh, we'd tell companies how SAP works and what their options are, but it wouldn't really set in. 
And, you know, that's because it wasn't real and it wasn't tangible and it didn't have the right context. And, and to me, that's the part of the quote that says, tell me and I forget. Uh, more recently, you know, over the last five years, we've seen a bit of a shift towards agile and the use of pre-configured SAP systems. And our, our pre-configured systems have given us a starting point so that during a shortened explore phase, we can demo design components to companies. And, and this produces better results, but I still often hear from companies that it's hard to fully understand or agree to a design until I can see it with my data. And so to me, that's the part of the quote that says, teach me and I remember. But better results, you know, are, but it's, it's not quite there. And so the next quote is, involve me and, and, and I learn. And to me, this represents our future of the way that we implement SAP and digital transformation. The future for kinetic enterprise requires a new approach for kinetic transformation. So no more blank whiteboards, no more pre-configured generic systems. You know, in the future, we need to start transformation, you know, with a fully built SAP system with real data in it so that we can involve companies in a more hands-on approach to validate results and adapt it at a more rapid pace. So, you know, that's teach me and I remember. Thank you very much, Eric. Beautiful quote. And these are words to live by, right? This is a quote you can, can tell your children. You can tell anybody especially people in a meeting um, who, who don't want to tell people how to relate to another one another. In other words, thank you very much, Hernan. We have a quote for you from James Kerr or Care, K-E-R-R. He's a best-selling author who wrote the book Legacy. It goes deep into the heart. I'm quoting Amazon and Google Books. Deep into the heart of the world's most successful sporting team, the legendary All Blacks of New Zealand, to reveal powerful and practical lessons for leadership and business to help bounce back from adversity and still reach the top. Here's the quote. Listen up, everybody. Very, very brief, all in caps. Train to win, practice under pressure. Oh, Hernan, this is exciting. Tell me how you picked this one. Go ahead. Oh, well, I, I, I think the first, uh, first thing I'll say, Bonnie, is uh, as you can imagine, I'm a sport junkie and everything that is with a ball, right? So either soccer, or, or international football and rugby are my two major patient, passions on that. Um, and, and actually, the All Blacks is, is one of the greatest teams in, in a sports history, right? So um, I remember I was on a flight over uh, India reading this book uh, because actually I was going to connect with my team uh, or with the team that we had working um, on, on how to approach things differently. Um, and I think that, that I picked that quote because uh, it goes uh, right to the heart of, of innovation, right? On, on the changes and the pivots that we need to do at any point in time when we reach the far the technology that we can reach. So when I was thinking about that is, um, you know, like Eric was mentioning before, we were, in, we were in a world before of working in the whiteboarding and working on so much, so much limitations that process used to to take a long, long, long time. And, and this quote is, is very close to, to what we do now um, with the technology we have available, which is, hey, let's build something and let's push it to the most, um, to the end. Uh, because even though if it's not getting you there where you want to get, um, we can rebuild this pretty quickly, right? And we can uh, have a second iteration of this um, this transformation that we are embarking into. Uh, and that's part of the 
uh, train under pressure, train as if this is the real uh, opportunity you have. Uh, because even if you make those mistakes, getting in there, don't worry about it because we can get it quickly and better the next time around without having to take about a year or two years or be very long into the into the journey. So, so that's the quote about um, go 100% the first time uh, because we will learn more than if we take this in a small jumps. And, and, and even when we get to the 100%, even if it's not right, we will start over very quickly. To, to get all the learnings uh, with the objective to get you there pretty fast. Thank you very much. That's a very powerful quote, Hernan. And I think uh, companies are really feeling that pressure right now, whether they wanted it or not, right? With the pandemic, with business shutdowns, with the opportunity to pivot, to be agile, to do something better, faster, quicker, get there, but figure a way out of the box, right? John, get out of that tight box. Okay, so now it's the part of the show where we're going to go to the discussion statements. My panelists put a lot of time and effort into creating some statements to guide the conversation. I'm going to pick a statement, actually number one from John first. I'll read the statement because it's very concise, which I appreciate. I'll ask John to explain it for about two minutes and then we'll go around the table. I will invite Eric and then Hernan to comment. And then I'll pick one from Eric, one from Hernan, and we'll see how much more we can cover. So here we go. John Grosshand said the following. Listen up, everyone. These are also words to live by. There is no compression algorithm for experience. People seek choice, TCO reduction, risk mitigation, resilience, performance, flexibility, and security. That's a huge statement, John. It's one sentence, but it's really, really packed. So, John, why don't you, as we say on the news, why don't you unpack that for us? Go ahead. Sure. Happy to do that. And, you know, The statement that there's no compression algorithm for experience is one that we refer to frequently uh, on our team. Because as you think about that, you you think about seeking people that have been there and done that, if you will. And they've seen these different problems. They've solved them in different ways. And it's an opportunity to, to learn. You know, it's an opportunity to reach out and learn and find out how problems have been solved and how they've been done by others that have had that experience and had to, to go through the process themselves. And, you know, what we've, we've seen uh, is that customers are consistently trying to find their way forward in their financial transformations, and they, they want to know what their choices are. What are the options that I have? How can I go about getting this done and do it in the way that's going to be appropriate for me and my business? And because uh, everyone has some unique characteristics to the business model they have today or the business model they seek to move to. And so as they think about that, and especially as you think about a financial transformation, the, the points that, that were shared there in that statement, I think, are, are ones that you can almost think about sequentially. I mean, first and foremost, financial leaders are always seeking to take cost out, right? Which, what financial leader does not want to see their see some cost savings be driven by the result of a, of a transformation? And so we consistently always have to talk about and always drive toward an outcome that delivers a TCO or a total cost of operation reduction for customers. And there's a number of ways to do that. And we, we see that consistently as a major theme. Uh, also, it's always important to seek efficiency and imp- improvements in efficiency, uh, striving to operational excellence. And uh, we see that as always another major theme uh, that we drive toward in a, in a transformation. And really, we try to seek to drive not only process improvement, but, but also to, to seek improvement by function and actually try to drive tasks out of the workflow uh, that a customer has probably got in place today 
in order to simplify, in order to get the work done, get it done easier and get it done more quickly and efficiently. And of course, you have to have the systems have to be up and available all the time. And so, you know, we think a lot about operational resilience and what that means to us is making sure that systems are always available. These are mission critical systems and people are running their business on it. They're counting on this financial information and you just can't have any unplanned outages. You just can't. It's just not part of anybody's business model to suffer through a downtime. And so it, this is another opportunity to deeply think about, are my systems highly available? Do I have the appropriate disaster recovery in place? Do I have the backup in place that I need in order to ensure that uh, operational resilience? And then ultimately, they seek agility. They want to drive new business models, new ways of doing business, new ways of working with their customers. And so it really comes back to also being able to get that visibility across the business what enables you to make better decisions in real time for the business and for your customers. So thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, John. Eric Bramley, love you to weigh in, agree or disagree with John and add some thought leadership. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I, uh, I totally agree with with what uh, what John's um, saying around um, experience being the key here, and the the desire that that companies and finance organizations have uh, to mitigate risk, take cost out, build efficiency, and build in agility. Um, we absolutely see that, um, but we we also see that being applied towards. Um, the implementation or the journey of transformation itself. So we've, we've seen a big trend in, um, in expectations of, of finance organizations and, and how they achieve transformation to, again, look for risk mitigation in the transformation journey, taking cost out of the transformation journey, um, you know, being more efficient with the use of business resources during the transformation journey, and being more agile during the transformation journey. So, you know, all, all of the things that John said as, a, as an end goal for a finance organization, we are absolutely also seeing as a goal of the, the journey itself and how we achieve transformation. Um, and, and all of those things as we seek to uh, improve efficiency of transformation, you know, our goal there in, in uh, achieving automation of transformation um, absolutely can't replace the experience uh, to what what John's pointing out to, but what it can do is allow for more time to where that experience can be put to better use by taking some of the mundane tasks and some of the basic tasks of transformation uh, off the table through automation, so that we can use human experience to uh, to focus more on you know efficiency and, and changing the curve for the finance function. Thank you very much, Hernan. Please join us. What do you think? Agree or disagree with either or both? Hernan. Thank you, Bonnie. No, I agree with, with both of them, right? So what we are seeing uh, in the market is, um, and especially now, right, with the situation that we have, is that desire to get to things very quickly, agile, uh, basically to not only to develop new business models, but how to communicate with people quickly, right? How to how to be able to do um, the activities faster, um, how to be connected uh, pretty much 24-7 um, to, to John's point about systems being able to be uh, all day available and running, right? With, with this pandemic, we have learned and with, with the move to digital 
the digital uh, journey, right? People working remotely, uh, there is pretty much no longer any standard office hours. It's pretty much everybody is working at any point in time, any given day. So it's very difficult uh, to really start planning around like when is an outage, when is convenient, what is not convenient. Um, and, and what we are seeing is that some of the organizations that are enabling the digital journey early are, are, are moving much faster than others that are, are stuck in, 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 in the previous, I would say, era, which is basically um, on, on organizations that built those uh, response systems on, on a matter that, okay, well, it will last for 20 years, right? We, we are out of that. It will last for 20 years. Technology is changing rapidly. Um, the interaction between human and digital is, is changing uh, very uh, quickly and drastically. Um, so I think that uh, it's all coming together to, to support the, the digital transformation. And I think the pandemic that we are dealing with right now is making that much more real for the organizations. Uh, it's not a theory anymore. It's real life, day, day, and day, day in, day out. This is what actually happening in the market today. Thank you. Goes back to your opening quote, Hernan, practice under pressure, right? Yeah. It's here. That's why I was mentioning that. We talked about your quote. John, thank you for that great opening statement. I'm going to move on and pick one from Eric. Eric, I'm looking at number three, and I think this would be good for our audience to hear this. You say, putting digital automation to use for system implementation design and build work can enable a complete change in approach. Everybody listen up to the rest of this. Allowing companies to eliminate traditional design workshops and become more agile through the use of guided validation sessions. This is a new term to me, Eric. Would you please unpack this for us? And then we'll see what Hernan and John have to say. Eric, you're up. Uh, sure. And I, I think this harkens back to the to the quote that I was uh, talking about before in that you know, I, I see digital automation as changing the way that we approach transformation in the future. You know, I, I firmly believe that digital automation shouldn't just be used to automate repetitive tasks and save effort. You know, to me, that's a linear approach to efficiency. So one bot saves you one human task. Two bots saves you two human tasks, etc. You know, I, I think the more powerful use of digital automation is to use it to reimagine and unlock the new ways of working and achieve exponential efficiency. So in the case of like the kinetic finance startup approach, for example, um, where we use digital automation to design and build a new SAP system, if we run our same transformation project the same way as we did before, just with more automation, we aren't going to achieve the speed to value that we're looking for. You know, we need a new approach to a company, a new digital automation capability. So imagine if we can build a new SAP platform overnight with digital automation. You know, from there, we, we can't just go back to the same routine of design workshops or we lose all momentum. You know, instead, our approach is to hold classroom sessions. So think about performing guided validations on a live system in the course of a sprint. If we collect feedback in each but guided validation classroom, and at the end of a sprint, you know, we can hit a button and rebuild the system overnight again with that feedback incorporated. So, you know, if digital automation and machine learning gets us to, say, 50% directionally correct, this type of a guided validation approach can quickly jump us up the curve to 75% correct, and each sprint thereafter gets us closer and closer to accuracy. 
So, um, you know, digital automation allows us to rethink the way that we that we validate results with the client or with the companies and, and focus on the outcome with companies as opposed to focusing on the process of transformation itself. Thank you very much, Eric. Great thoughts there. Hernan, please join us. What do you think? Uh, thank you, Bonnie. Yeah, just to compliment, right? I think that um, when we're talking about digital automation and in the new in the new um, idea on how we done transformation with, with the kinetic enterprise, as Eric was talking, um, think about like uh, one of the major challenges we think in the market and, and we hear from our clients is it takes a lot of time. Uh, and even when it takes a lot of time, it's painful, right? And we don't have the business resources available to do that because they need to do the day job, right? So think about this, this new approach as something that it doesn't take that much time and it's so in, intensive uh, back to the con- back to the pr- practice under pressure is so intensive with the business resources that it's not taking so much time, but it's meaningful. And in every single iteration that that we're going through, we are building uh, those small building blocks that are making a solution. Right. So at the end of the day, um, we are basically changing the way that we think we should be running uh, the transformations, getting out of the whiteboard approach into looking at what really matters for 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 the clients for the organization for the finance executive right and, and solving those issues with uh, a tangible product that they can see can react and taking all the experience as we talked before right uh, from people but also from the machine right uh, there is a significant amount of data people cannot consume but a machine can do and can help us to get to to, to that bill much quicker and, and, and help our, the business to really focus on what matters most for them. Thank you very much, Hernan. Good points. And I was going to cover some of that in your next statement, but I'm going to pick a different statement. So John Grosshands, join us. What do you think about what Eric started and what Hernan commented on? Go ahead, John. Yeah, no, great, uh, great comments there from from Eric and Hernan. And I, I'd say that as I reflect on it, it, it's also about having the courage to take advantage of everything that's available to you as you look around and you think about innovation, taking advantage of the cloud, taking advantage of all that it can bring to bear, all the services, the new methodologies and practices that Eric talked about, and, you know, being willing to step away from, you know, the as-is situation and known process and known integrations that run your business today and really being you know, a leader and to having the courage to step up and say, hey, we're going to drive innovation and change and take advantage of all these new approaches and methodologies like we've walked through already and embrace those and lead your teams through that change. And as you do that, I think by leading from the front, you're going to enable that innovation you know, tempo to really accelerate. And I think innovating at speed is critical uh, at this point in time. Streamlining your operations is also going to be a key outcome. And I think one of the key things as you think about delivering those new services and business models that you'll then enable is that that found productivity that might have been being deployed, as Eric talked about, in other places of your business. What's really critical is you repurpose right, that, those resources and you take those found cycles that your team now has and you apply those toward continuing to innovate. And so you can repurpose those efforts of the team on innovation rather than on running the business. 
Thank you, John. Eric, good topic. Thank you so much for that statement. I'm going to move on to one from Hernan. Hernan, I'm looking at your statement number three. I think this is an important, we, we have a lot of time left, but I just want to go through this. You say finance functions have an array of opportunities to find a significant number of applications, but here's the, here's the caveat. They have to really focus on becoming the orchestrator learning to leverage the best of each of them only when attacking a critical mission. Interesting comment. Hernan, please tell us more. Yeah, I, 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 when I was um, writing that, I was thinking on what I see uh, most of the time or actually in the last few years, right? So, so we've seen a lot of different applications that are proliferating um, to, to, to solve issues in, in the marketplace, right? So, um, I, you know... It, Companies want to be agile, and that means that they immediately go to a new product. But uh, I don't think that that's what um, we need to go on and create and, and have like uh, X number of, of different applications solving uh, an um, silo issue, right? I think I think there is there is has to be a north start, uh, and and there is a set of applications that can solve uh, critical missions for for things that are critical, right? Uh, and we have to leverage uh, everything that is available to today, right? There are things on, on the cloud. There are different products uh, that, that are better suited for uh, what we call as on-premise today. But, but the most important thing, I think, is uh, orchestrating how all those components are going to work, gonna work together, right? Um, and if I basically bring that back to what we're doing with the kinetic enterprise is look, we are hearing from the clients to go and do things faster. We are hearing from the clients to do things with uh, less, uh, less intensive on their business resources, right? And, and something that, that we thought about it is, well, if we don't do something drastically differently, uh, having the courage, like Sean mentioned before, of using the entire ecosystem and making sure that everything is working together, right? We're not going to change because we can't do this. We cannot do we cannot get to a different outcome doing exactly the same thing uh, many different times, right? We, we need to change the way that we go and do some, something different. And, and I think that for me, that's the orchestrator because now there is different components, different technology, and we need to make sure that we orchestrate that function to deliver uh, the value that, it, that is expected. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table and see what everybody has to say. John Grosshands, you're sitting next to Hernan, whether you know it or not in our virtual world. John, please join us. What do you think? It's a great topic. And I'm actually going to talk really briefly about a, a, a joint client that's a you know leading manufacturer of some of our probably most favorite, favorite uh, alcoholic beverages. They're a a winery and uh, that we probably all know, but they really have... Uh, driven their winemaking to a whole new level and, and driven a, a strong customer following as a result. And, and really their business becomes a lot about, you know, how do I manage my supply chain? How do I manage my distribution? And, you know, to Hernan's point, you know, as, as you look at their business, they were really struggling with procurement tied back to finance. They were really struggling with, you know, financially reconciling uh, every month, uh, how they were managing all of their transportation and delivery. And they were managing over 1,200 integrations across the across the company, and and to the point that was made, you know, what really drove the transformation there was moving to a simplified integration approach and really thinking through 
how do we create an integration hub that's going to enable us to get the financial information we need to be consistently available across the business end to end. And uh, really the, the result was, you know, to really reimagine how that could be done and do it in a very simplified integrated approach in a central hub. And that really transformed the business. It enabled them to implement new standards, new processes, you know, collapse some of the unnecessary steps in some of those key procurement processes and, and in their transportation and delivery model. And through that, you know, it really delivered to them a real-time financial enterprise uh, that really enabled the visibility they needed and also the real-time reporting that they needed to, to transform the business. So I think it's a very powerful, very powerful thing to address as a company. Thank you, John. Eric, join us. What do you think? Yeah, I, um, I, I think about what, what Hernan said about the proliferation of applications and, and needing a North Star. And I, I, I definitely think that that North Star is, is, is something that, that all companies need um, so that as they, as they bring on and explore new applications, they can hold true to um, you know, their, their overall direction. Um, when, I, when I think about that orchestration that uh, Hernan was referring to, you know, I, I really see, um, you know, uh, technologies like SAP, um, ERP as, as being kind of that core orchestration, especially when we see a lot of uh, companies moving towards a finance first approach to transformation, where they, where they start their journey with an SAP finance core. And that core acts as an orchestration layer where you know, if you think about it, almost all processes within a company integrate and interact with finance. And so starting that journey with a, with a clean core um, with finance gives you that platform to you know, add on edge applications into a, an integrated suite, but staying true to your, to your North Star. Thank you very much. Hernan, good topic around the table. Thank you for that. Let's go. We have a little bit more time, actually quite a bit of time. John, I'm going to go back to your statements. I'm looking at number three. This is interesting. You say working backwards from customers and partners continues to prioritize innovation. Does this help drive a roadmap toward improved? And these are words I'm not that familiar with instance types. I want you to explain that memory services, tools, integration, and best practices. We know what they are. So let's talk about this. Is this specific to finance, John, or is this something for all transformations within a company? John, what do you think? Yeah, thank you for that, Bonnie. It's it's really a broader topic, uh, you know, and as we reflect on uh, our experiences with with customers, what we consistently hear from customers is they really want to know what their choices are as they think about their their journey and how they think about innovating the business. And what we find is that really customers will will ultimately review all those options and they'll come back and they'll they'll talk about potentially three different primary ways forward for their business as it relates to how they run the business on SAP. Uh, one is they, they think about really having TCL being a primary driver and simplification being a primary driver. And in those cases, we commonly refer to those uh, as lift and shift uh, type of engagements with, with those customers where they seek to take the existing assets they have uh, and to Eric's earlier point, many times they'll look at that and say, I'd like to move to a clean core and simplify the data that I bring with me as I move from my as-is deployment method of SAP to my 2B method, which is to run uh, SAP on, on AWS as an example or another hyperscale cloud provider. 
And as they, they think about that, they're really driving towards simplification, taking costs out of the business, and they're really seeking to improve performance and the resilience of the performance that they have uh, for SAP. And it really puts them in a place where they can now be agile and think about what's next for me. The, the second case we frequently see is that customers seek to actually make some minor upgrades as they think about that, that lift and shift that I just talked about. And frequently they'll think about their data and primarily the driver there is finance data. And they think about, I want to move my suite of SAP applications onto the HANA database, which is SAP's now lead market, uh, leading in the market database available from SAP. And they'll speak SAP HANA as a way to run better in their organization. It enables them to scale. It simplifies the way that their data is orchestrated and architected, and it enables them to get better performance across the business. And then the third is one we've been talking about here throughout today, which is, hey, they seek to really innovate and transform. And frequently that conversation becomes also about a financially driven or financially led transformation. And sometimes it includes them migrating to the latest in ERP from, from SAP, which is S4 HANA. And that can become the catalyst for them to move away from their current versions of their core components, along with their line of business components from SAP, and move to the latest version S4 HANA and, and move and migrate and upgrade and transform all at the same time. So those are the options that we typically engage with our customers on. And as we do that, we, we tend to look at all the things that I noted there. We look at all the tools and techniques and, and technologies that are available to facilitate any one of those three journeys. Thank you very much. Eric, join us. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I certainly see all of those options at, at play that uh, the John mentioned. Um, but, you know, I go back to the, you know, working backwards from customers continues to prioritize innovation. And I, and I just think about, um, you know, what, what we've seen companies want, which is to, to get to their destination, to, to get to the transformation faster, and to do, to do more with less resources. Um, you know, that has also, I think, led to, led to innovation. We, we have to continually challenge ourselves with, you know, how, how can we achieve and help come companies achieve uh, transformation faster. Um, and, and I think that that's a, it, it's been a fascinating journey to then be able to use new technology to help with that innovation of helping companies get there faster. So certainly companies are achieving innovation and they're getting to their destinations. But I think the fascinating part is how we help them in their journey, um, getting there faster through digital automation and innovation. Thank you. Hernan, join us, please. What do you think? Certainly agree with what uh, John and Eric are saying, but if any, even if I uh, double-click that into the finance function, right, uh, because I think with the current innovation now, it's giving a finance opportunity to lead the way. So if you think before, right, um, either um, the finance function was always uh, at the bottom of the pyramid, right? And they couldn't actually move away because everybody needs finance, right? At the end of the day, you all, always need finance. 
So they couldn't actually lead the way, but but I think with the latest technology, with the new te- the new technology from an ICP point of view, and when I say new, talking about the last five years, but with central finance, with the kinetic enterprise, with cloud, we are basically now in a position to actually lead with finance that innovation, that digital transformation, right? And I think that is a major change that has happened in the last few years because before you. Perhaps you could attempt it to do that, but it was very, very, um, I would say, call it primitive. Uh, and now is kind of, uh, I would say, a new way of looking at a state-of-the-art um, journey, right, which a finance actually really, really leading with a full function, uh, a new transformation journey. And, and looking at that, being somebody that is being involved on um, finance, uh, implementation, solving issues with our clients and seeing that ability of the finance function to move and separate a little bit uh, from the business to start the journey has been fascinating uh, in the last two years for sure. Thank you very much. Good statement around the table, John. I want to touch on one statement. We just have six minutes left, but this is an important one. Eric, I'm looking at part of your statement for, and I think this would be a good way to leave the conversation because we're almost out of time. You say transformation focuses too often on achieving perfection and quickly loses sight of the outcome leading to delays and effort overruns. Instead, the focus should be on the outcome and speed to value. I think this goes back to Hernan's quote a little bit about practice under pressure. So Eric, you want to give us some words of wisdom and then we'll go around the table, 60 second predictions from each. Eric, why don't you take about 90 seconds? I know that's not much, but what do you think? Yeah, I've seen it over and over again through the years. In major transformation programs, the foundational design is seen as you know, imparting a legacy upon a company, something that will need to be built and will need to last for like 20 years. And I've seen companies spend the better part of a year working in Excel to define a new chart of accounts, you know, taking every GL account through a bitter rationalization process to seek the perfection of the least number of GL accounts possible. And I've seen the aftermath of these rigid transformations where, you know, after going live, Companies quickly have to add back in GL accounts that were over-rationalized and where companies don't adapt well to the ever-evolving business needs. So I think to myself about just how much waste has gone into the transformation process traditionally. And and that makes me think that the focus has been on the wrong thing. Mm. You know, finance transformation should not be about perfection. And the idea of a perfect chart of accounts is, uh, is a bit of a fallacy. You know, instead, the focus should be on the outcome of transformation. And, you know, with with accounts as an example, you know, the ability to dynamically roll up data to achieve reports with the right level of analysis in them is far more important than how many GL accounts were in the report. So with, with a kinetic finance startup approach, You know, our approach is to apply digital automation to finance transformation and take the human temptation of over-rationalizing and seeking perfection out of the equation so we can focus on the results instead. Thank you very much. Let's do a really, really quick round of predictions. I can give you 45 seconds now. Thank you, Eric. I appreciated that. Those are very important words of wisdom. John Grosshands, we're ready. 45 seconds. What do you predict or what do you wish for finance organizations on a big global scale? What do you wish for them? 
Well, I wish that we we see a a macro a macro trend whereby facilitating and enabling the transformations that we're talking about now, as we're already predicting in our own way, going from years, you know, down to 12 months, down to six months. My prediction is that uh, in the near term, meaning in the next three years, we're going to be talking about enabling SAP enterprise class transformations in in months uh, and and even weeks. Uh, I think that we have all the capabilities around us now to do that. I think it's about embracing change and leading and driving that change and driving that innovation. And my prediction is that we're going to see a dramatic collapse in the cycle times that we talk about as we think about driving transformation in the industry. Interesting. I like that optimism, Eric Bramley. Bramley, 45 seconds. What you got? Uh, well, I, I predict that what we've talked about today and using digital automation to transform a finance function, that's only the start. You know, I think we're a few years away from seeing a big shift in the way that we approach digital transformations in SAP implementations. You know, I, I think you know, the pace for, for far long, the pace of uh, our expectations have exceeded the pace of technology, you know, especially for enterprise applications. And I think technology innovations are now catching up. So I, I fully expect that what we're talking about today is the beginning, and we'll see a full digital transformation in the future, you know, enabled at the push of a button. And so p- people joke with me about what, what my future looks like then. And I like to joke back that, you know, somebody's got to tend to the, to the bots. Um, but in, in reality, I think that means that we can shift to a much more value-add conversation about where, where transformation can truly drive a difference by letting some of the mundane aspects of transformation be automated. Thank you very much. Hernan, up to you. 45 seconds. What do you see in the crystal ball? Um, I think that, um, like, similar to what Eric and John were sharing, right? So I think I I see organizations uh, learning and becoming more smart into how to use technology. I think that technology is catching up with the expectations that we had in the past. So I see that um, the time to time to market for any transformation is going to be uh, much faster. Uh, and I think that um, we also have learned in the last six months that to drive these long transformations, uh, we do not have to be all together that the technology is there to basically help us to work and collaborate across the world, even remotely. Um, so I think that it's going to be a much more, um, it's going to, I think that a lot of barriers uh, have been falling in the last few months. And I think that it's going to accelerate significantly transformation. Organizations are going to have to to transform because otherwise the competitors are going to be transforming them. Uh, and take them out of the market, right? So we have seen companies that were 20 years ago in the uh, NASDAQ or Dow Jones or in any market, they're no longer there today, right? And, and, and that's a risk if they're not transforming, if organizations are not transforming quickly. Thank you very much. Thank you all for your predictions. Thank you all for your time. I really enjoyed learning from all of you. I want to say thank you to John Grosshands at Amazon Web Services, AWS. John, thank you for your thought leadership and your wisdom. Eric Bramley at Deloitte Consulting, thank you as well, Eric. 
good talking points and good energy in her non-crim Kia witch at Deloitte Consulting. So happy to meet you and thank you also for your time and your insights. And a thank you to Malia Aguilar, the lady behind making these shows, putting them together along with Carla Neal, do such a good job of picking timely topics and inviting wonderfully engaging panelists. And a thank you also to Carla Neal and Helen Tomas for sponsoring the series. And thank you to Danielle and Matt. We had two engineers today at World Talk Radio. Thank you for getting us on the air. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another episode of the Deloitte Kinetic Enterprise podcast. Everybody wave. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.